for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 161. The Hulkamania is gonna run wild on you, brother edition. <laughs> nice. Welcome back, Liv. Thanks. Although, it's good to be back, Sam. Technically, you didn't go anywhere. Technically, um, I fucked up the audio the last time we sat for this, and uh, episode 160 was a uh, emergency fill-in episode uh, in which a good friend of the podcast, sometimes a featured guest, and now co-host of the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, BP. Uh, yeah, he's in. like the uh, the Mark Consuelos <laughs> of of this show. Okay, I was gonna go Gary Shandling. I was thinking Gary Shandling at first, but Gary Shandling hosts himself. But you know, like on Kelly Ripa, like yes. when yes. when Seacrest can't be there, she brings in her husband, just like Regis used to bring in his wife when Kathy Lee couldn't be there. <laughs> that is, you're right. That is a much better, uh, much better analogy. So. <laughs> Um, I was thinking Gary Shandling because I was watching that Gary Shandling documentary the other night, actually. Oh, I haven't caught that yet. Yeah, it's a two-parter. Judd Apatow did it. I, I got a, I got about halfway through the first episode and I started nodding off because, of course, it was late. And I'm, and by late, I mean it was like 11 o'clock and I'm 41. And, <laughs> you know, I just can't stay up through television anymore yeah right which come to mind since we are going to be discussing hulkamania and all that tonight tonight is the premiere of the andre the giant documentary on hbo so i will be streaming that and falling asleep for that at a at a future time (laughs) i saw that i saw that as well before we get into that uh a little business uh to take care of speaking of good friend of the podcast and the Mark Consuelos of the Two Sorry Excuses universe. Yeah. Uh, happy belated birthday to our good friend BP. Yeah. No, it's not belated on your behalf because you remembered it and 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 you sent your uh, greetings and salutations promptly. I, however, did forget it. Or he doesn't need to know I forgot it. I could just say that I was waiting. I can just say we recorded this on April 9th. Yeah, well, I mean, if you keep all this in, he'll know because he listens to the show. <laughs> Unless he fast forwards the first few minutes, maybe he does that sometimes. I don't know. I'm yeah, gonna roll yeah, the dice. Yeah, sure, that's what he does. I'm he gonna might be the... too busy for it now that he's got the kid. <laughs> also, that's right. Also... He'll find out in a year when he's catching up with the old episodes. Um, that's right. Also, congratulations, right? He, a uh, little baby, bouncing baby boy. Yep, Benjamin Michael Peters. Peters, eight pounds, five ounces. Uh, which will be good. I, the um, the DeSantis clan will be happy, happy to know that. Um, I know that my brother Josh uh, keeps in in close enough contact with BP. I know they have the. I think they have their cell phone numbers. They share texts every once. Oh, in a while. okay. Josh followed and, me on Twitter today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Josh DeSantis followed you. I was like, oh, I put my Twitter to public now, because you used to have to request to follow me. But I thought a lot of my great material was 
Go gone unseen by the masses, <laughs> even though I never tweet. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. I love it. It's so I was good. like, oh, I'm going to give him a follow back. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, you'll you'll be up to speed on all of the uh, Manchester, Lakewood, Lakehurst, Manchester Soccer Association, uh, uh, Wolfpack, under 11 boys team okay. updates. So you'll- Speaking of Manchester, I did watch that Man City, Man U game Saturday morning. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, yeah. This is like, unbelievable. Because when you don't have too many channels, it's like, it's like, well, this is live, and this is a huge deal. Cool. So I just watched that. <laughs> we, we haven't talked much about it, because I don't think that, that many people are, are that interested in it. But over the last few years, since the World Cup, I've gotten pretty big into Premier League. Um, partly because of fantasy, but it's also the other way around as well. Um, I use fantasy to learn about the, the league and want to pay attention, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. Um, so I found that it's it's one of the greatest sporting events to watch from a scheduling standpoint because everything happens between uh, seven thirty a.m. and and you know usually one p.m. on a, either a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. So you have your. I mean, whole it was day. great because I was sitting here eating my banana waffles and bacon, watching. Or no, no, because it was Saturday, so I was eating my omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. It was uh, <laughs> strawberries and cream day. What day is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's entertaining for the time frame that it's on, the time period yeah. that it's on. Well, that that's one thing that does attract me about it, because I always think it's cool when major sporting events are on early in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yes, right? It's a cool feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's like anything like... like I remember we used to know these Finnish guys, and they they were big in the Formula One. This was like twenty years ago, because a buddy of mine worked with one of them or whatever, like because he was a tech guy. Okay, and and I remember being all drunk and heading that guy's apartment because he wanted to watch this Formula One race that was taking place in Europe. You know, so we're bombed at six in the morning watching Formula One. I was like, well, this sucks. In one respect, but it's cool the fact that we're watching a live major sporting event. <laughs> yeah. 2006, I was down Nika Hockenden. That's what he was all for. You know. uh, was it 2006? Was I living there? So it was either 2006 or 2002. Okay. I'm going to... I want to say 2002, because I don't think I was living down there yet, but the World Cup... Uh, was happening on a on a visit down to Curacao, and wherever it was, the game started at like seven thirty Atlantic um, time zone. That's Curacao is one time zone east of of the Eastern time zone. Um, so we rolled into remember the the place called uh, Larry's. It was, oh yeah uh, yeah yeah, like yeah the yeah. Applebee's. It, yeah, Larry Bees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I mean, remember we that, rolled in. I remember hanging out with Paul there. We rolled into there. Yeah, that's Paul would only ever go there. Yep. I remember sitting there in his Bears-like sweater. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we rolled in there before we even went home for the night. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so it was, uh, sun is coming up, soccer's on, you know, and you're still, uh, you know, you're still eating and drinking. 
It's um, it's good, good. It's fun. That's one of the reasons I like Premier League, and that particular game for me was appointment television because uh, I had a couple um, players on my fantasy team playing, so I wanted to watch it. Yeah. And um, a spoiler alert: the um, <laughs> uh, whatever Man City went up like. Went up like two nothing, and I left. Yeah. I was like, "This is ridiculous." I'm, I'm not going to waste my day. I'm Especially go. since I was learning everything at the time, like at halftime. Like I didn't know. See, because I was, I'm that unaware of it. I didn't know that Man City was like basically guaranteed to win the league this year. Yeah, had they won Saturday, they completely would have sealed it. Yeah, and against. I, I'm smart enough to know it's a huge rivalry, and I'm also smart enough to know that. Man U is basically the Yankees to Man City's Mets. Like, yeah. Like, Man U's the bigger deal. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So when they went up, uh, when, when, when Man City went up, I, I said, forget this. I'm going to go take uh, DOGs for WALK. And uh, when I don't up want and got them my, to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll <laughs> freak out because I can't even put a jacket on without them going nuts. So yeah, I, I, I went and I that. got my my sneakers and and got ready and by the time I went downstairs it was like it was tied. Yeah, I mean they scored the same guy Pogba scored. He scored those two goals like within two minutes. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I sat, sat down and watched, and it was a uh, it was it was it was good. It was worth the uh, worth the investment. Plus, it was at Man City Stadium too, so it was kind of like you know. All the air was sucked out of it. It was kind of crazy because they were ready for like a coronation, you know. And that's the that's the cool thing about uh, you know not and listen not all soccer games catch my attention like that. And you know if it was a different game, I probably would have walked out. Who cares? But um, a well played sporting event on that level, it's just you know it's got a different. It's on a different level than. You know, almost any other non-championship. I couldn't imagine an NBA regular season game catching my attention like that. Yeah, but that's also that, because the way they, because I only learned the way the league worked a couple of years ago. There's no playoffs. No, correct. Yeah, right. the league title is based on basically kind of the points and round robin type of thing, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. And when the games are over, the games are over. And, and I did pay attention. La- was it last year when Leicester City won or whatever? Yeah, they were like yeah. Uh, and I was like, because that, that that captured my attention because I was like, that's really cool, you yeah. know, the small, yeah. s- super small market team that like you know this is you know once in a generation they might get a chance to win something like this because anybody who's worth a damn is going to get signed away or whatever or transferred whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, and I'm not gonna lie. The British accents really help it along. Yeah, you know they well, turn. Well, when a they frame. went to the studio, and they have that American guy, and I'm like, who wants to listen to this asshole talk about the game? <laughs> he might know all about it, but like, even these British people, they got me thinking, fuck this guy. <laughs> it's true. That guy is very knowledgeable, um, and he's actually a pretty good television presence. He yeah. like. He knows how to push the buttons. He knows how to move the conversation along. 
He knows how to be contradictory. So he makes for good television, but you're right. Like I could sit and listen to, to the, to the English folks all day long. Yeah. I mean, it's like, he's there for the Americans that are afraid of the English guys, but it'd be like, if you were watching an American football game and all of a sudden there was one English dude talking about football and you'd be like, what the fuck does this guy know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. By the same virtue. If I see like documentaries like about nature or World War II, I don't think they know shit unless they have a British accent, a narrator. Oh yeah, Earth. I'm like, Planet yeah. Earth. Like when they had, oh, Oprah Winfrey's doing Earth. I'm like, Oprah Winfrey ain't no biologist. Right. <laughs> Give it to some British guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, true, man. I like so those true. ones that they um, those old um, World War II. Documentaries that were like narrated by Lawrence Olivier. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. And it's like, sorry, nothing beats that. I mean, being narrated by the world's greatest British actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, or like a Richard Attenborough nature documentary. It's like, well, yeah, he might just be a director, but he's British, so it gets extra points. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I don't want to hear any historical documentary, historical event by that's narrated by an American, unless it's the Civil War. And in that case, you know, I want to hear somebody like Peter Coyote. Wait, is that a real? Because he does all the Ken Burns documentaries. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. If it's HBO, I want to hear Liev Schreiber because he does all the HBO documentaries. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right so good times man good times Um, friend of the podcast floyd kamik he's a super big man you fan yes yes he is i don't uh what was his uh what was his reaction he's uh he's typically a pretty uh yeah he had some post up there you know um he put a I don't know. If he, I'm sure it was the same as a Twitter or whatever, because normally he posts across all three platforms or whatever. But I know he had a. Now I got to go find it. Now we got to go find what Floyd said. <laughs> I mean, I know it's some all the people in my newsfeed that are man you people, but Floyd's the one we both mutually know. Yeah, but he's always and he's he's a big soccer dude. He he is, and I will give him that. I'll yeah. give him credit. <clears throat> um, although. Like you said, Manchester United is the Yankees of the English Premier League. So I, he's he's. I think he played in high school, right? Yeah, he played in high school. Wilbur played in high school, and I, and um, I think I've actually played with him in like intramurals or something. Yeah. Um, so I know okay. he was. He was. He's legit no. I mean, he he's always been a big soccer guy. But still, I always give a little, I always discredit. Well, it's like people that are like, well, uh, people from elsewhere who are Yankees fans. Right. And people that are Cowboys fans. Right. You know, right. or Duke basketball fans or Notre Dame fans. It's all getting that point. Uh, even like uh, out-of-state Patriots fans at this point. Yep. You know, people that root for the easy teams to root for. Yeah, anytime around here I see a Steelers fan, um, there it's one of two things. It's you know it's some guy in his sixties, 
Yeah, here it yeah. is. Today, Manchester is red with two exclamation points. Unite it with one exclamation point. <laughs> it was April 7th at 8 p.m. or 5 p.m. Yeah, so he was getting his dander up, I guess, later on the day. Must have been drinking. Yeah, see, I, I, I have a team that I root for. Who's your team? And, uh, Everton. Okay. And that's they're, who they're, um, Howard used to play yes, for, right? And that's Tim why. Howard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of Americans who, for that same reason, that they like Tim Howard, and so that, that became an easy team. But one of the other reasons why I root for them is because they're what you'd refer to as mid-table, um, middle of the road. They're never yeah, like a win. mid-major type of, if you were talking yeah. college sports or something. Yeah, exactly. They're never going to win the championship. Um, but they're they're always in contention for one of the. There's multiple trophies you can win, like different tournaments within the league. Um, well, yeah, like how Liverpool right now is like playing in the Champions League and all that or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's four big trophies that you can win. Uh, there's actually three big trophies um, that you can win, and some teams qualify to to win. The Champions League, which is the fourth. Um, and you just picked up Everton in the past few years when you started following a bit more? Yeah, since the World Cup. Okay. Since the World Cup. But I never get, like, I watch it with an interest because I know those players and I know a little bit about the history just because I've looked it up. But, like, they lost to Liverpool. It was their, uh, it was their crosstown rival match this week as well, which they call okay. the Derby. Um, but what'd you they say? Lost. What they call it a derby? A derby. Der- all right, yeah, all right. A derby. Now again, because I saw something like I did spend referring to. Well, they had spelt derby, but I guess that's how they would pronounce it. Referring to the Manchester Derby, I was like, oh, I guess that's what they call when Manchester teams play each other. Yeah, yeah. So it's any crosstown rivals. Okay. Um, and what Liverpool's good, man. They kicked Everton's ass. And, yeah, I know uh, Liverpool's traditionally a good team, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I, it didn't like I didn't get all down on it, you know. It didn't ruin my my Saturday. Yeah, I'm not a local. Yep, I wish um, I was. You get know, back I, to that whole thing about the Steelers fan because I do want to hear that. Yeah, so there's only two Steelers. There's only two types of Steelers. If you see a Steelers fan, he's one of two categories. It's it's a. A 65 to 70-year-old man. Yep. Or a 40-something-year-old woman. It's the <laughs> daughter of the 65 to 70-year-old man. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, in the 70s, when, when the Steelers dominated, like, they were a national team, or at least a regional, a Northeast regional yeah. team. I um, have another theory behind Steelers fandom. The, being uh, spread out. Mean Joe Green Coca-Cola commercial? Well, yeah, that's one thing. Like, obviously, it caught lots of fans like that also. But also, another theory is the fact that uh, from, like, 1970, 1980, and then 1980, 1990, Pittsburgh was always one of the fastest declining cities in the country. Okay. Which meant, like, their people were leaving elsewhere. But when people leave, they hold on to the team. Fair enough. Yeah. So it's like, so, yeah, you got the national fans anyway, because they were a huge 
popular team because they were winning, because everybody always follows a winner. But on top of it, you're getting a diaspora effect of like Steelers fans in other cities, you know, like in the Sun Belt, because that's where people from North are moving to get jobs, you know, Southern like and Southwestern states and stuff like that. So you get a lot of, just like how you have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of Yankees and Red Sox fans and Cubs fans who, like, you got a lot of them who are fans of them because they're national teams, and then you got a lot of them just because, oh, well, yeah, my, uh, my parents were from uh, Boston. And think about the people we went to college with who live, like, in California and stuff now. You know? Like, how yeah. many dudes you know live, like, in San Francisco, like, Scalise and stuff like that? You think he's raising his, like, he might be Giants, but he, like, take his kids to Giants games, but he's really a Red Sox fan, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, that guy, Matt McAllister, he's a big Phillies fan. Like, you get that diaspora effect with a lot of these people. You know? Good point. Good and point. I think that has a lot to do with, with I think, I think yes, the national thing, but I think the second layer to it is, is the diaspora effect of it all. You know? Yeah, like, uh, Tribu grew up in Massachusetts. Pretty yeah, sure he, he went to high school in- with, um, with Steve-O. Redding High. Oh, yeah, Redding High. Yeah. But Tribu is a Yankees fan. Oh, okay. And I think that's because um, either his mom or his dad, I think, is from New Jersey. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the connection. Yeah. That's the connection. Um, yeah, he's got a weird cross-section of, fa- of fandom. His, uh He's a Celtics fan because you wouldn't hold on to a to a New York, New Jersey team at that point when yeah, you're growing up Yeah, because basketball wasn't a big enough deal back then. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like um, Carla's dad was a big Browns fan because, you know, even though he was from up there anyway, the guy was born like, like in 1940 or something, you know? The Patriots didn't exist until like he was in his 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so it's like he was a Browns fan because that's what you had to pay attention to. Right. You know, that was the big deal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There was so little choice back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, that's like down here, like there's loads of Cubs fans because there was no major league team down here. And then, you know, I get, there's a decent number of people that are Astros fans now because it's not that far away. But back in the day, it used to be the Cubs. So you got lots of Cubs fans here because that's what would be on the radio. Then, then once TV came around, you had WGN. You know, it's just the Cubs, constant Cubs everywhere. You know, yeah. And chances are, especially people our age, you know, our parents would have grown up with that, and you yeah. tend to gravitate to the same, you know, sports. Yeah, so. because that's what you, you're sitting there with your, like, I don't like Notre Dame because my dad didn't like Notre Dame. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. My mother yeah. liked Notre Dame, but my mother wasn't the real sports fan in the family. You know, I didn't sit there and watch games with her. You know, she yeah, I get all just because she's Irish. <laughs> I get all my my teams from my dad, and even even Josh, who didn't get his teams from my dad, got them from my uncle. Yeah, you got he, a mixed family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Jeremy's like sort of like Philly guy, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Almost yeah, to that's the point. Almost to the point you would think he was from there. Yeah. I guess um, it's like there's people that live in Hartford or whatever, and 
either go with Red Sox or Yankees because you're like at the middle point. Yeah, Syracuse is the same way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can either be like those dudes that rooted for the Bills or the guys that went sent their allegiance to like the Giants or something, you know? Yeah. And um, nobody guys, sent their allegiance to the Jets from up there. No, either, no. either you were lining up with the Giants or you were going with the Bills. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of guy's uh, best friends, T Bone, uh, is a is a Red Sox fan. Okay. And guy is you know diehard Yankees. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you can just pick whatever you want up there. Yeah. Yeah, because I know there are a lot of Red Sox fans in Syracuse. Because some of those writers I follow for uh, that write for the Syracuse papers, I follow them for SU Sports, and a lot of them are Red Sox fans. You know, because they, yeah, it's you know straight out ninety. Yep, it's a, it's a straight shot out west. Funny so. thing about Guy is, and this is what's funny because when you're not from somewhere, you're not from the city that's actually aligned with the team. You will stick with the team for anything. Guy is a big Rams fan. Yes, yes. And he, and he's always been a Rams fan, no matter whether they moved or not, because it doesn't matter. Because he wasn't from L.A. He's not from St. Louis. He's from Syracuse. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so he's just aligning himself with the franchise. Who cares if they move? It's not like he's going to be pissed off. <laughs> right. I've always found that funny. I've always yeah. found that funny. <laughs> I found that to be the funniest thing, but it's like, but it's like being a baseball fan in New Orleans. You know, it's like, when you don't have a team anywhere near you, you, you just pick and choose wherever you want. You know? Yeah. Of course, and there's a guy I grew up with. Um, and he was, they were twins, but in the weirdest situation ever, we were in kindergarten together with the twins and they used to come over to my house afterwards because my mom used to watch kids. One was held back and the other went on, you know, even though both of them technically probably should have been held back. Um, but years ago we did like a grade school reunion, probably like 10 years ago now. And the one that was held back, he's. He's like, I'm a Steelers fan. And it's like, I don't know. And I've met, I've met people I've grown up here who are like Panthers fans. And I'm like, dude, you're just, I'm sorry. I have no respect for you if you grew up in a city with a team and you're not a fan of that team. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Especially the kid who's the Panthers fan. It's like, dude, you were in fucking college when the Panthers were invented. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Steelers guy's just a front runner, dude, who is. Probably, you know, when I was a little kid, his first memory is probably the Steelers win the Super Bowl when you were like four. You know? If you well, live in a city, I mean, you reside in the city with a professional sports team. There's no reason to not like that professional sports team. Yeah, but, but every city's got a few weirdos like that. Well, you get left back in kindergarten. Yeah, no yeah. Taste. The other guy so. I think might have lived in... Carolina for a little bit, but nowhere. You know what? Another thing was, I think he got picked on a lot too. So I'm sure it probably has a lot to do with him being a prick about it. <laughs> <laughs> like he even got years ago at this bar out in Metairie because I remember friends emailed it around because it, it ended up being a news story. He got into it with Saints fans at this bar and, and like a father son. He got into it. To the point that, like, the father or whatever went out to his car and grabbed a gun. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
And I was like, I was like, yeah, it's not right. That guy got the gun, but I totally understand it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like this little pestering little dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the guy who like you hope he's in the room, so, like when the Saints are playing, um, as long as the Saints are beating him. Just so you can rub it in his face later. But you don't want to be there if they're losing to him, you know? Because he's just that fucking guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of those bad winners, you know? Yep. <laughs> he, he should be, he should root for Boston team. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, on BP's birthday. Not even on his birthday. Ah. <laughs> uh, Brian's not one of them, though. That's why I always make jokes for Brian. Because <laughs> he'll make those jokes to me, you know? Like, do the typical mass hole type of thing, you know? Yeah, BP's, BP, BP's a great fan. Yeah, um, but he knows, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he, solidified, he solidified his good guy fandom with me after, I don't know when it was, but it was one of the Patriot scandals. Um, one of them <laughs> one of the many patriot scandals and he said what do honestly say man what do what do people think about the patriots and i said that uh you know that they they seem to be like a well-run franchise everybody'd want to want to implement their you know their player development etc but nobody wants to be them because they're a bunch of cheating assholes <laughs> and he said that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's he, he'll, a, he'll text me every now and then. Like there was some scandal where he texted me, he asked me about it, and I was like, "It was last year. What was it? I can't remember." And I was like, "Yeah, I think it's kind of fucked up. Whatever it was, I was like, <laughs> be straight up with you." You know, it's like the Bama thing with Nick Saban, which is funny because of course Nick Saban and then Bill Belichick are buddies. You know, they're evil empires. Yeah. Um. What I think is funny is like uh, with like uh, friggin' Patriots being like the 21st century dynasty, that has become like a skeleton in the Reardon brothers' closet. Their their love for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we've covered it before, but it's funny because it used to be. They used to be like open and honest about it, you know. Yeah. Well, now they don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing keeping them from running for office in in uh, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true that you have a True Bledsoe Cowboys jersey? <laughs> and home in a way, huh? <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving alternative jersey as well. <laughs> All right. Well, uh moving right along now. <laughs> moving right along. Speaking of uh appointment television, uh you had a big outing, big night on the town on Sunday. Yeah, man. Um it was WrestleMania 34, man. 
That is so crazy, man, because we we didn't talk about this until you mentioned that you were going to WrestleMania. And I had a, I had a, a well, I had, let's say I had a genuine interest in getting WrestleMania on pay-per-view. Although it ended up being that you there was a way you could get WrestleMania for free uh if you yeah, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. But I made a point to write it down and say, you know what I'm going to do Sunday? I'm going to watch WrestleMania, which would be the first WrestleMania that I had watched since, I'm going to say, I don't know, man. When was the first one? 1985 at Madison Square Garden. So 1985, I would have been 12. Okay, I'm guessing I saw WrestleMania 1. With my childhood uh, friend, uh, John John. Okay. Who was a huge wrestling fan. Let me just interject real quick and say, I have never seen WrestleMania before I went to. Now, the WrestleMania 1 was the only one that I saw. Yeah, and it was on pay-per-view, but and I wish I could have seen it, but I remember I was in Mississippi with a friend of mine. And his aunt and uncle, you know, where they used to take us for like a little uh, trip. And I remember seeing the news that night and I knew about it, you know, but it was pay-per-view. We weren't going to get it, you know. Yes. But but like by the time the next year rolled around or WrestleMania 2, I mean, I might have still been into it at that point. But it was it was like, well, you're not going to get WrestleMania, you know, like my parents are never going to be the WrestleMania house. Yeah. yeah, I I I think the same goes for for the DeSantis household. I yeah. don't think we were we were ever getting it. Although, yeah, uh, my buddy was huge into it for a long time, and I'm trying to think. So that was twelve. That was probably the last time I was really into it in into yeah. wrestling. It was probably from like. Nine to to twelve. So okay. the, the couple years before that, when when the WWF started to or WWE started to really take form, well, it was WWF back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I know Sean Creedon threw a party at uh, the Creedon household for WrestleMania three, which was the most attended indoor event ever, or whatever. It, the Silverdome. That was the famous Andre Giant versus Hulk Hogan match. Okay, maybe I was still... And that would have been 87. It would have been in like 7th grade. Maybe I was still kind of like watching with one eye. But I remember yeah. getting up um, you know, Saturday mornings and, and, and going down to watch the wrestling. Yeah, well they used to show on the USA Network on the Saturday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, so I uh, I would say I would say WrestleMania one was was probably the last time that I was super into wrestling. Now, listen, I'm friends with Matt Soap. So at some point in my twenties I was way more into wrestling than I should have been for a guy some point into his twenties because yeah. Soap Soap never left. He his his wrestling fandom Yep. Stretch That's like from... Scott Isaacs. Do you know Scott Isaacs? 
Yeah, why do I know that name? He was the DJ at Fagan's. Yeah, okay. Three years. And he's he's one of those dudes. And I even checked, because I know he was, they had it here like in 2013, I think it was. And he was down for it, but I didn't go back then, you know? But then I texted him the other day, because I know he's a huge wrestling nut. He's like, sadly, I can't go this year, because, you know, he's a sports news producer. And I guess, I guess just scheduling purposes, probably it's not jiving. But he's like, sadly, I'm not going to be gone this time. But I know he definitely was watching it like he was preparing for it all day. And he's one of those dudes like Soap who who never stopped loving wrestling. And like, I like the idea of wrestling uh, of a, a, you know, a dramatic, uh, an investment in in a product that's based equal parts, you know, drama and, and athleticism. Yep. It's really a soap opera for 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 kids and yeah men. yeah yeah but um it totally is like a couple oh, yeah a couple months ago i started to get into it because um the wwe was running a tournament that raised money for charities and susan g coleman was one of the charities yeah okay so they're uh represent one of their representatives was uh this chick Oh, you'll know who it is. It's, it's her name is Nia Jax. Yeah, yeah. She she did you watch WrestleMania the other night? Uh, no. All right. She was in one of the big matches and she won a she won a belt. Okay, they had been setting her up for that for a couple reasons. Yeah. One, she's the she's uh the Rock's cousin. Okay, she's huge. And two, like she's a large lady. She is very into like body confidence. Which makes sense uh, because that's what the that's the whole milieu they were uh setting up, you know, by like the girl body shaming her and stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. But the thing is is and this kind of goes to where I uh it's not as entertaining to me anymore as it used to be. Not just because I'm a kid, but how they approach it, right? So she has this 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 body confidence thing going on, like she's big, strong, powerful blah 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 but because of social media because of twitter because all these you know all access things that the wwe has to produce all the time you get a uh like a real live look at her and not the character and she talks all the time about how she has like body image issues she used to be a, a a plus size model okay she she wouldn't be a plus size model now. They call her Naya, right? Yeah, even though it's yeah. spelled like Nia. Yeah, it's Naya. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what surprised me because I was when they kept calling her Naya because they're building up and they put the name up there. I was like, oh, it's Nia because I was expecting to be spelled like Naya R- Rivera, that actress that was on Glee. Okay. N a y a. Yep. <laughs> Not like um, Nia Peoples or a Nia that I actually yes, exactly. know down here. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, so you get this inside this inside look at her and she has like issues with you know with um what's it called? Uh body image issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she talks about it all the time and how she has to overcome it and blah blah blah. Um so you like you lose that like they separate the character and the person, because all these folks are out trying to make 
a buck somewhere else as well, you know, acting or uh, Yeah, I mean they know, gotta music. they gotta monetize their personality. Back in the day, man, Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. Yep. And even if he was in a movie, he was in the movie as Hulk Hogan. So one, you know, I I was watching this and I'm like, ah, listen, I mean, obviously I'm not a kid anymore, but it it doesn't grab my attention because I know they're not even pretending that this is the reality anymore. These are characters that they're playing and they're not pretending that it's anything more than that. And then the other thing that I noticed over these last couple months and, you know, watching it um, is that the performance level, like I watch some of these matches and I'm like, oh my God, this is boring. And that's, I think, two reasons. One, they are, uh, they don't, they, they police the drugs that they take now. So a lot of these guys, back in the day, everybody was all roided up or coked yeah. up. So they were just madmen flying off of cages yeah. and they felt no pain and any pain they did feel, they could recover from it because they were on steroids. <laughs> but then also the problem is, yeah, I mean. The issue is because they're not being tested by state organizations anymore, because, which is why they start reclassifying the sports entertainment. But the bad press that went with all these dudes dying so young. Oh, my God. And yeah. what really killed them was, the, uh, was that Chris Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one thing if, you know, ravishing Rick Rude dies of, quote, unquote, a heart attack in his hotel in, you know, in the panhandle of Florida. But it's another thing if one of these guys goes crazy and kills his wife and kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, you know, so they they had no choice but to but to quit that. Um. So the you know the product itself has has been diminished over the years. But you know what, man, it 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 taps into something that made me want to watch on on Sunday, although ultimately I never did because it's, you know, it's Sunday. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said, 41-year-old people don't forsake sleep for television. What can you imagine a 44-year-old guy does? Uh, oh, dude, you know how long it was, too. Yeah, so what time, what, how'd you get hooked up with it to begin with? Well, because... A few months ago, well, you met you met Dard, Madardo, aka Dardo, when you were down here. He was one of the guys. He had a beard and whatnot. The Hispanic guy that was hanging out with us at Zippy's before the LSU game. Yeah, was he married? His wife? Or, he is or married. Girlfriend? Yeah, Daniela was his wife. Yep. Um little petite uh, yep. lady. Uh he's a he's a big wrestling fan, you know. Okay. Um, but Jordan, like. You know, months ago they announced it was coming. Well, they announced like a couple of years ago that it was coming. But um, months ago, like when they first started saying stuff, Jordan said that in Texas, like, hey, would anybody be interested? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. For one, after I went to the Lucha Libre in Mexico, I was like, yeah, well, that'd be cool. You know, like last time I was around, I, you know, there was nobody that was like, hey, man, you want to go? Or I probably would have gone, you know. But, but I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that. So then, um, 
you know, uh, so he bought tickets. Dardo ended up going with his wife. His wife is one of these people who wins all these contests, so I think he was getting hooked up with free tickets anyway through that. Okay. Uh, but we hung out with them beforehand. But then Jordan bought tickets for uh, Jordan, his, his nephew, who's probably like seven or eight years old, which actually made it more interesting, you know, since I know nothing about it. And then yeah. one of Jordan's buddies who, we, who goes to movies and hangs out with us a lot, this guy Cook, and, and me, you know. And we sat way up in the nosebleeds. It still cost $56 for the ticket. You know? Okay. <laughs> like, even though, like, you were, like, 10 rows from the top of the Superdome. <laughs> yeah. Where do they put the, uh, where do they put the stage? Uh, you're talking about the, um, stage or the ring? Uh, the ring. The ring. Uh, the ring's kind of like, all right, I'm trying to think what it was set up like. It was probably, I think, like how it was set up. We were probably on one of the uh, sideline ends of the stadium, I'm guessing. I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Because then they had, like, because they got this huge stage and ramp that they all come out on, you know, with all the, the pyrotechnics. You know, stuff that like 10 years ago, even they probably didn't have. I, yeah. And I'm just guessing that because I'm, I'm imagining the way, uh, like the, over the three NBA All-Star games that I've gone to, how I've seen the evolution of the production, you know? Right. right so the right. rings kind of push closer to one end of the stands, you know, um, whereas there's a huge ramp. So they come out of an end zone. Yeah, like it's a huge stage, like backstage behind there. And like behind that thing, all the seats are blocked off. You know, they don't sell any seats behind there, Got you it. know. But it's still, I guess there were still 78,000 people in there, you know. Christ. Yeah, because the dome, just the seats itself is like 70-something thousand. But even though they're blocking off thousands upon thousands of seats for, for that, you got all these people on the floor now, you know? Yeah. So you're you're supplementing for that, you know? And what uh, um what section were you sitting in? Like 636, which is way the frig up there, you know? That's the terrace. Those yeah. are the cheap seats. Those are where the fights happen at the football game, you know? So you were close to the stage. Uh no. I mean You were the opposite end? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stage was, yeah, stage, like, we were looking down. It was, like, probably on a tiny, maybe, like, a 60-degree angle from us. Yeah, yeah, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> the ring. You know, but you see all kinds of crazy stuff when you're watching it live. You know, like, uh, like one thing they do, and it's probably... Because uh, I didn't even notice, but then the guy Cook said something about it. Because uh, he was paying attention. Because when you're actually at the live event, you're seeing the way everything works, especially when you got a bird's eye view from all the way up there. You know? And he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, they changed the. He's like, I wonder why they changed the mat every every match. Because they just come and rip off the mat, and there's like one under. You know? I was oh, like, really? probably because they oil the hell out of these guys for one. 
and then all the water, whatever, you know, like instead of just cleaning it, they just, they just rip it off like a, like a paper towel, you know? And there's just a, there's a, there's like a clean mat right there. Yeah, underneath. clean mat right under, you know, uh, but, but I'm thinking it's probably that, you know, cause they probably, all these dudes are all glistened up with stuff for the production, you know, it gets all over the ring, you know? Right. And right. then, and then for the next match, like, and then you noticed it when he brought that up. It was like, oh, yeah, they just go and rip it off between every match. <laughs> and there's like another one right under it. You know, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was, it, and I know nothing about wrestling. Like, like I know John Cena's a big deal. And I've seen people do that, you can't see me thing. But yeah. I didn't know explicitly that was a John Cena thing. And like, I put up some picture and some guy who I know, you know, who's probably two years younger than me. He's got kids, but he's probably the type of douchebag that followed wrestling anyway. Um, <laughs> not that... I'm, I'm going to take it he's not a fan of the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. <laughs> he made some comment. I was like, oh, yeah, because we're so far away. He's like, he's like, I was referring to the John Cena, you can't see anything. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I don't follow wrestling at all. I was like, come to think of it, the kid was showing us that it, that was his thing. But I'm more familiar with seeing like college football players do that, which apparently they all took from John Cena, you know? But uh, I mean, I was wearing a Rowdy Roddy Piper t shirt, you know? Like, oh, classic. Yeah, I ordered a Hot Rod shirt, you know? I was like, because that's who I love, you know? Yeah. And good, um, good choice. Yeah, which kind of sucks because Ronda Rousey was like adopting his his styling yeah but, but fortunately her stuff it's in the same um font but it says rowdy ronda and they were selling shirts like that but i was like no no and like this um these three people it was like a couple and and the girl's friend probably like in their 30s or something they came and sat next to us and she was like oh great you got that shirt you know, she thought I was rooting for Ronda Rousey because she had a rowdy Ronda Rousey shirt. I was like, I was like, no, this is for Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> you get all indignant. Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, you know, I was like, he he was. That's who she stole her stuff from. Or actually, he actually gave her the right to do it before he died. Apparently, like he gave her the right to use the name Rowdy Ronda when she was in UFC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she had approached him about it, I guess. Which is fair, because Roddy Piper was awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, And I'm sure she probably gave him some money for it, but that was her first match, and that was probably the highlight of the night. It was her and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and, um, and Stephanie McMahon. Where did that fall on the card? Was that a big... Yeah, that, that was like right. It might have been like we didn't stay all the way to the end because I think we we missed the Brock Lesnar thing. But that's because the thing started at four o'clock and ended it like after eleven. You know? Oh my god! And if you were on the East Coast, it was it was ending after midnight. You know? And I'm and I saw a review the next day by like one of the wrestling guys on Deadspin. He's like. It was like a review. It's like if any, if it's still not going on, you know. It's like if anything, it was long. I was like, all right, good. I'm like, 
it's known that this one was particularly long. You know? Um, That's but, insane. Yeah, Jordan, before it, it was like, all right, well, apparently the pre-show starts at four. We're like, we're going to get down there and get a bite to eat. He's like, but they're doing a couple like battle royals, royal rumbles before in the pre-show. That's the pre-show before the actual WrestleMania begins. Starts at four, you know? And um, so we didn't get down. We went and ate downtown, like a few blocks away from the stadium, you know? Okay. And we probably walked in there like around 5.15 or so, you know, and got, got settled in by 5.30. And dude, at 7.30 or 7.45, I'm telling you, I'm like, Oh, dude, I'm already flagging. You know, I was like, I've been up since 7.30 that morning, you know? It was like, I had already had a very active day, you know? It was like, yeah, I don't know yeah, how much yeah. longer we can go. Uh, but, of course, everything was contingent because we're there with his nephew, you know? And uh, his nephew was a big AJ Styles fan. And AJ Styles was fighting in the match, the last match we saw, you know, which ended, okay. like, a bit after 10. And then we okay. left because we're like, we just can't. Um, Jordan's like, I can't do it any longer. And so we didn't see, I guess the big main event was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. We missed that, you know, but it was like, dude, we saw enough by that point. But uh, I will say so, this much. You talk so about- before they even televised it, they had a men's battle royal, yeah, a cruiserweight championship. Yep. And a women's battle royal? We, we got there to see the women's battle royal. That's okay. when we got in there. We didn't see the first two things, you know? All right. Yeah, that's what you we what. saw was the women's battle royal. That was the first full event we saw. We sat down and they started announcing the names for that, you know? That, um, that, that charity tournament I was telling you about was yeah. a, it's called the Mixed Match Challenge. Okay, and it was a it it was just like the the Ronda Rousey match. It was a man and a woman team versus a man and a woman team. Okay, and the women could only wrestle the women, and any time that they tagged out, the men had to both come in or whatever. But you got to see female wrestling, and uh, that it was that quality of of the the quality on that product is. One way better than it used to be, and two, I think more entertaining than than the male wrestlers. Well, one observation I did make was back when I was little, when I was into it, like nineteen eighty four, eighty five. You know, like the last time I was into it. Yeah, it was like female wrestling was like it was a sideshow. You know, it's like you might have one little beef on there, but most of the females were just like. You know, the beautiful Elizabeth. It wasn't wrestlers, you know? Right, right, right. And, right. But you might have, like, one female wrestling event, like, at a major, like, at a WrestleMania. Now, it was crazy. It was, like, every other match had either was an all-female match or had females involved in, you know? Okay. It was crazy. It was, like, yeah. it was like that's, that's how little I pay attention to wrestling. I didn't know that it was that much a part of the of the entertainment anymore you know i didn't know nowadays that's that big of a part that it is on equal footing basically yeah and it's good yeah but um 
you're talking about the moves and the entertainment, all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, one thing I, uh, like, I was telling, and I think I told you this last year, but I was telling one of the guys who we were with, I was sitting next to Cook, and I was talking about how when I was little, and they used to always get in the match, and they'd say, the ring announcer would be like, this match is scheduled for one fall. And I used to always be like, when is this match never scheduled for one fall? You know? And then yeah. I was in Mexico, and that's when I discovered that the matches there were all three fall. And while we're watching these matches, because 20 times during a match, they do the one, two, oh, and he lifts up, you know? Right, right, I right. I was like, right. you know what? The Lucha Libre had it right, you know? Do fucking three fall. You know, do the best of three, and then you can see a couple of, you can see three pins of a match. You don't need to get your hopes up constantly, you know? Right. I mean, because what's the difference? You might as well do it anyway, because that's what they're doing, you know? Because <laughs> it was like, like every time, because especially some of these matches drag on, you're like, all right, you're ready for it. You know, like, all right, come on, let's just do it. I was like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, and well, you're like at the 20 minute point, and they haven't, and they're still doing the popping up from the three count. You know? I always find it entertaining <laughs> when, like, there's a pin in the first 30 seconds of a match, right? Yeah. Just somebody catches somebody off guard or knocks them out or whatever. But you can't do that in a main draw match yeah because nobody wants to pay money to see you know john cena get knocked out in 30 seconds well the funny thing you- is john cena fought the undertaker but it was totally like john cena was like a jobber like he was hanging out like at the beginning of match at the beginning of wrestlemania he's hanging out just you know uh like as a spectator you know um because he's a dude who's reached a point where you know he had the movie come out this weekend the Blockers movie. Yeah. You know, and they had an event here. And of course, Dardo, Dardo actually is a manager for AMC Theaters. So, of course, he was at that event. Um, John Cena was going to a Friday afternoon showing of Blockers. And then afterwards, you could meet him and take pictures. With him. So, of course, Dardo's got a picture of him with John Cena after the movie. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, ah, uh, so finally he comes into the ring later on and is like, oh, Cena, you know, and then this other guy, uh, what's his name? Oh, I forget his name. Dude, that's trolling him. And then he, John Cena beats him up or whatever he leaves. But then all of a sudden you hear the, the ominous noise and then the music and everything. And it was, it was The Undertaker. You know, and the Undertaker hasn't wrestled in a few years, you know, but the Undertaker comes out and I recorded the Undertaker's intro and I was watching the video today, I think it was, or yesterday at the office. And I was just like cracking myself up to it because it was crazy. That video I took was four minutes and 51 seconds long. The match, The Undertaker beats him like two minutes. 
I didn't record the match, but it was like over so quick because it was just like it was just lanyap, you know, just a little something extra. It wasn't actually a big event, you know, right? But it was just there, just it was just there to give people like you know people that people that miss the Undertaker and people that are sick of John Cena. Let's see somebody take him down. Yeah. <laughs> here's the. Uh... Here's the the critical reception of that particular match. Cena Undertaker left fans stunned, bemused, and feeling shortchanged at what occurred. (laughs) 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 That's great. That's great. Where's that from? Uh, I don't have a ref. I don't have a. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was funny because it was over so quickly, and like George's nephew was like, somebody had just killed his dog, you know? He was so sad at Cena lost. And the funny thing is, he's at the age, because he's so young, where he thinks it's all real, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, later on, his boy his boy is AJ Styles, and he was fighting this guy, Nakamura. Like, uh, like Jordan even took him to get uh, merchandise, so that's where he came back. But I never knew who AJ Styles was, because I knew nothing about this. AJ Styles wears these gloves, you know, and he came back with the AJ Styles gloves from the merchandise. So, um, AJ Styles is fighting this guy, uh, Nakamura, Shinseki Nakamura, or whatever. I like that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's from Japan. You know, he was, yeah. he was in the Japanese wrestling circuit, you know? His entrance is badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a dude playing like rock guitar and stuff, you know? Um, I did get a, I got a few seconds of his entrance on video, just because it was kind of it was kind of crazy, you know. Problem is, it's so far away, so nothing's really that great, you know. Yeah. But um, it still was cool. Like even under the Undertaker's entrance was really fucking cool, you know. <laughs> um, so the crowd's doing AJ Styles and people doing Nakamura. So naturally, I'm rooting for Nakamura because I got to be. I got to root against whoever uh, Landon's rooting for, you know? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, Nakamura. And he's, uh-huh. he's like, AJ Styles. <laughs> how old is he? How old is he? Like seven or eight, you know? <laughs> You're trolling him. <laughs> a second grader. Yeah. Well, I mean, you made it more fun. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like his right. I mean, that's the of- spirit. She's like, the whole spirit of the wrestling world. I get it. Yeah. 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 She's like, she's like, you know, you're talking to a five year old. I was like, he's older than that. But on top of it, I'm like, I was like, wait, I'm just having fun, you know? Like, because it was, that's what you do. It's wrestling, you know? I was like, I got to make this interesting. And, yeah, and you're point, with like, him. Huh? It's not like he's a random kid. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. She's like, you know, you're talking to a five year old. You know, I wasn't just some dude there trolling a random five-year-old, you know? Right. Back and, uh, off, lady. And uh, <laughs> I don't know Landon's last name or anything. I'll tell you why that's important. Uh, but uh, but I'm like, oh, Nakamura's still going to win. He's like, I think Nakamura is a better wrestler than AJ Styles. He's like, he's so good. Why is AJ Styles winning right now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but like... Uh, Ten minutes later, AJ Styles finally wins the match, and I'm like, "Boo!" But but before he won, you know, I was like, "We we kept doing it." I was like, 
I was like, I'm just going to keep trolling you, man. I was like, he's like, because uh, he's going to AJ Styles. He's like, I can do this all day. I was like, I can do this all night. I can do this until tomorrow. I can, you'll be at school and I'm going to do this. I'll be at my <laughs> office. I'll call you school. I'll call the principal's office. And I'll say it's an emergency. Get Landon down there. <laughs> and when you come to the phone, you pick up the phone. I'll go, Nakamura. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he's like, well, how you know it's going to... How you know it's going to be me? He's like, I was like, because you got to be the only Landon at your school. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's trying to break it down with yeah. logic, but you're not having any part of it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not. I was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Even though I was like, I had no clue what his last name was. I have no clue what school he goes to. <laughs> <laughs> And I clearly was not going to call his principal and troll him at school. Right. <laughs> but he genuinely was worried I was going to. It was funny. But the other night when we parted ways, you know, we get outside the dome and I, I started heading to my car and he started heading towards theirs. And he gave a high five, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, my boy AJ Styles one. I was like, yeah, well, Nakamura will get him next time. <laughs> So it, it it made it it made a hell of a lot more fun to have some kid who was there invested and it, at one point doing it um because it's freaking Jordan his buddy Cook and 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 me we're sitting there and and Landon's with us you know I'm like hey Landon I was like would you rather you had a couple of your buddies instead of Jordan's buddies he's like kinda. <laughs> Like at first it was, I was sitting next to Cook, who was sitting next to Landon, who was sitting next to Jordan. Well, right on the other side of Jordan, there was a, there was a little dude with his dad and stuff, you know, and they kept like, Jordan doesn't know anything about wrestling, you know? Um, he had his Macho Man shirt on and he had a, he had his uh, LSU themed Lucha Libre mask he brought that I bought him down in Mexico City, you know, so it got use. Good. Um, so, uh, they kept talking over each other because Landon was like, nice, somebody actually knows what the hell I'm talking about, you know? So yeah. eventually Jordan just got up and was like, here, you sit next to this dude so you have somebody you can actually talk about wrestling with. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, finally, yeah. he's got somebody that knows that somebody that actually knows what the hell's going on. Because it had to be killing him, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. But the funny thing is, there was this guy sitting in front of us. He had to be in, he had to be well into his thirties, and he had, um, you know, homeboy had cornrows and everything, and he knew everything. And he's talking to Landon about it. He's turning around, giving high fives. He's like, "Oh, you don't know what's going on." Uh, most of the time, we're watching the wrestling matches on the on the jumbotron, you know, because it's way easier, you know, because you can actually see what's going on in the jumbotron, you know. Yeah. Uh when you're when you're sitting a mile away from the ring. Um which is different from like a football game. Because even when you're that far away at a football game, there's so many guys on the field you can still see what's going on, you know? Yeah. Uh that guy pretty much got up and drove here alone from Dallas just to come to WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy, like walking to the arena i mean like 
before I went to before we went into WrestleMania, I had to meet those guys. I had to go meet them at this burger joint, but I had to walk by the dome to get to where they were. So I had to walk through the madness to begin with. And oh, so many people it's it's a convention. It's like Comic Con almost, you know? So many yeah. dudes, there was dudes dressed up like Mankind and Hulkster and Macho Man and all these other wrestlers who I don't know who they are even, but I recognize the outfits, you know? <laughs> and then um, there was one thing that was pretty funny. I walked by an official merchandise booth outside the Dome, and this is official WWE merchandise. I noticed it's some dude's logo. And it's all in the rainbow colors. And I took a picture. I was like, I was like, oh, that's odd. I was like, I guess they're not turning anybody anybody away anymore. You know, it's like it's, you know, everybody, everybody's money's green. You know, because yeah. like they're obviously actively gone after LGBT. You know. Yeah. Well, it's like what you know. It's like what Jordan says. Republicans buy sneakers too. Yep. Yep. And um. But then later on, when we get in, there's a match involving, like, four different guys or whatever. It was, like, a four-way match or whatever, or a three-way match, because there was multiple matches like that, where it was, like, all dudes fighting for themselves, you know, yeah. not tag teams. Like, there was one yeah. where it was, like, three different dudes fighting for themselves, then four different dudes fighting for themselves, you know, craziness. And, um... So... The guy whose logo was, I was like, oh, it's that guy. And then you see, you know, and they got his his slogan uh, popping across and says, for everyone. I was like, ah, I get it. You know, he's for everyone. You know, who was, was it? like, oh, he's the guy that's his character. That's his deal. You know, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, it's probably a JV. You can look at look up for everyone. WWE, because I'm sure I'll give you the hit on it. It was like Valor or something. Oh, Finn Balor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I saw him, and yeah, I saw him with rainbow stuff on. I didn't realize uh, what that was about, but okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and um, and then one thing I did notice that I thought was great there because it was very diverse. The audience, you know, like yeah. lots of you know, it was a mix. Like where we were sitting, everything it was a multicultural mix primarily of white people, black people, Hispanic people. And it was like, I was like, this is the melting pot utopia that everybody dreams of. It's wrestling because it didn't matter what race the wrestler was. Everybody in the crowd, if it was a good guy, they all did his chant. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I don't like him because he's a white dude. Oh, I don't like him because he's a black guy. Everybody did the chant. Like um, this guy, what's his name? Brian, who oh, won yeah. a few years ago. Daniel he, Bryan. Yeah, and it, this was his comeback because he got hurt. Everybody in the arena is doing the yes, yes, yes. You know, everybody in the dome. You know, it's so strange too because some of those cheers are just like weird, innocuous one-offs that turned into like phenomenons yeah uh the crazy thing is kurt angle's cheer you know what his chant is 
No. You suck. <laughs> That's like, it's like, this is totally acceptable now. Like Jordan's little nephew, everybody. You suck. You know, Kurt Angle comes out there and the whole stadium's yelling, you suck. You suck. <laughs> I think, and now obviously a big wrestling fan is going to correct me, but I, I feel like, Matt so- like Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of the first to start that, like, uh, you know, that just that, that wave of, of audience participation. Yeah. And he used to do this thing where, I don't, for some reason, you would chant back what? And he spoke in such a cadence that every three or four words, the audience would then yell what? Yeah. And then it got to the point where if Vince McMahon came out, they would they would chant that over whatever Vince McMahon was saying. And so it's really, it's all really organic. Yeah. Like, I don't think, the, like, the script writers or anything say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get everybody to say yes, yes, yes. I think the, these guys well, come up with it. And that guy Brian was, like, kind of like a self-made dude. He wasn't picked to be, like, like, some of these guys are groomed to be stars. He was a dude that just had charisma. He, he was a worker, yeah. Yeah, he was just a yeah. He was one of those jobber dudes that just happened to connect with the fan, you know. Because totally. I remember reading about him because that was his coordination was the WrestleMania here, the first one, because it was all leading up to him becoming champion, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's I don't know. It's funny because it reminds like the whole thing where you suck. Um, it kind of reminds me of the one USFL game I ever went to. And the feeling, the little feeling of rebellion that I had in me. It was Easter Sunday. It must have been 1984, probably, when the new, the one year the New Orleans Breakers played in New Orleans. You know, they played in Boston, then they were in New Orleans, and they were in Portland, and then they were defunct. Um, and I remember in our Easter basket, we had tickets to the New Orleans Breakers versus the Denver Gold. Because you remember they used to play in the spring? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool Easter basket present. Yeah. So my brother Josh and my dad and I went to the game. And I remember there was some controversial call. And I remember the whole crowd, which seemed like a lot more back then, because we were in a lower level, so that's probably where most people sit in. But I've looked up the box score, and there were probably, I guess there was technically like less than 30,000 people, which isn't too many people when you're in the Superdome. Yeah, but but it was probably everybody was probably in the lower bowl, you know. Makes sense. Uh, they were protesting a referee call, and everybody's doing the bullhorns, yelling "bullshit, bullshit, bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, like me, I was like, "Oh, cool, I can do this because everybody's doing it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were my dad, you know, he, he wasn't because he hasn't changed anything, but he's the last guy to get on you about your mouth because, you know, you know, like he's the first person I ever heard say the F word and stuff. He wasn't exactly right. speaking the Queen's English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was my mother, it'd be like, no, no, you don't get to say bullshit. <laughs> right. Uh. 
<laughs> Not until you go to WrestleMania 34 with your seven-year-old friend, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that, like, it's just completely acceptable. There's no rebellion at all. It's just, you suck, you know? Funny. Right. Uh, so it was a great time. Even that at, is good. And when I was walking out, and then I'm walking down to my car, and um, this lady's in a car there. Uh, she's like, is it over yet? I was like, no, it's probably going to go for another hour or so, I think. And she's like, oh, I couldn't take it any longer. It's too long. And what I'm guessing is she was probably in there with her husband and kids. And she was like, fuck this. I'm going to go to the car. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> I think that's what she was probably doing. She was, she was waiting for it to get out for them to come so she could leave, you know. But she was probably like, I just can't handle it any longer. You know, because it's exhausting, man. Like it, it's 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 exhausting. You know, like if the little if it would have been me and a little kid would demand it, we stayed at eleven. I would have said fine, but I'm glad we didn't because it it's one thing to be able to stay up that long. It's the actual logistics of it all, not where I was parked because I was parked so far off that it wouldn't have mattered. I would have been able to get home really quick anyway. Just. Physically getting out of a completely yeah. full football stadium yes. is yes. a miserable right. experience. <laughs> Especially when you're in the highest levels of the football stadium. You know, totally. where you got to take the escalators or the ramps all the way down, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah that's, that's never a fun experience. So the fact that we were able to bypass all that, like legitimately beat the crowd out, that definitely made it worth leaving. An hour early. So well, sounds like you had a good time, man. Yeah, a, uh, I, I don't know if I'd put WrestleMania on my bucket list, but uh, that's definitely a big ticket item you can cross off. Well, it's off gonna the, be at MetLife next year, I think. So, oh, interesting. Outdoors. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where they say it's supposed to be. So, I'll look into it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I wonder it. if they're gonna push it back if gonna, because. Considering the way the weather is up north this time of year, this year. Oh, freezing. Yeah, it's really cold right now, right? Yeah. Like, my heat's still pumping. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's been miserable here. Like, even the other night, when we left, it was like, we walk out of there, it was raining. It was like 50-something degrees. And it's like, ugh. You know? I mean, for New Orleans in April, that's kind of shitty weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad Landon had a good time. I'm glad you got yeah. a new uh new t shirt out of the deal. Yeah, I'm psyched about the t shirt. Because it, it allowed me to um you know say my one of my favorite movie lines of all time. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Well, on that note, with apologies to Gert's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Buenas noches. Welcome to the party, Benjamin. Benjamin.